Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 198 with the wonderful Rennie Gabriel. Hi, this is Rennie Gabriel. You are listening to the Heart Cells podcast with Christine Shalonsky. Enjoy. I'm so super excited to have Rennie on Heart Cells podcast today to share his story and his success with us. He went from broke at the age of 50 to multi-millionaire in a few years while only earning $5,000 per month. His story is inspiring and uplifting. And what I love about Rennie's work right now is that he actually lives on his invested income and donates 100% of the profits that he earns from his book, from his trainings and coachings to an organization called Shelter to Soldier. And we will find out more about this in the conversation. So I hope you enjoy and you will be as inspired as I am. Hi, Reni. I'm so excited to have you on Heart Sales Podcast today. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a yes. pleasure. I was so looking forward to this interview because you have such an incredible story to share that I'm really, really excited because, you know, we kind of teased about it the other day, but it's not really teasing. You went actually from picking up bottles to get some cash in your pockets to, yeah, broke, so to speak, at age 50 to multi millions now like how does that happen uh well it happens with change of attitude in terms of what's possible and not doing it by myself uh one of the reasons i had a couple business see a business failure and a couple divorces is i was trying to do too much on my own and what i discovered was wealth creation is a team sport it's not a solo sport and that makes that that was one of the major shifts uh, that occurred. Awesome. And oh, by the way, and it wasn't just the bottles; it was also cans. We got oh, refund money. Okay. For <laughs> Sorry for missing that part. <laughs> uh, I, hey, that, that's half the income to buy food for the family. That's true. Yeah, but I'm I'm so you know I love these inspiring stories because often. And we all have blocks, we all have challenges and sometimes beliefs that are not serving us. So listening to others who have made a huge change in their life and become really, really successful and are so heart-centered as you are, because as um, I already said in the intro, you donate 100% of what you do right now to the organization's shelter to soldiers, which helps rescue dogs and service animals. Uh, for- you know what? Um, let me talk about the charity. So, it's, it's, so any of your listeners who want to go online and find out about it can do it. It's shelter to to soldier singular dot org org, and what they do is they rescue dogs from high kill environments. And if the dog has the right temperament and they're the right size, it becomes a service dog for soldiers who've come back with post-traumatic stress disorder or traumatic brain injuries. And because service members are coming back and committing suicide at the rate of almost one an hour, um, 
they may be certified to get a service dog, but it doesn't mean they can afford twenty-five dollars or $30,000 to buy it. They can barely function. And this charity is rescuing and saving two lives at a time. The dog that would have been euthanized, and we're, we're killing about 1,800 dogs a day. And when it's paired with the soldier, and the soldier is trained how to use the dog as well, not one soldier's committed suicide has received their service dog. So this charity is saving two lives at a time, and it, that's why I can give, or that's why, that's my motivation for doing the work I do at this point, because I don't have to work. They get 100% of the profits from my online work, my coaching, and stuff like that. It's, it's my honor to, to donate to them. Yeah, awesome. And I, I just love when you have the power to decide what you do with your money. Yes. <laughs> and if you, right, if you have to work or if you don't have to work, and then when you want to work, it changes the whole dynamic of your life. Absolutely. I, I support other people to create work as a choice instead of a requirement and the objective isn't to create financial freedom. That's what occurs. The objective is to create more philanthropists. Mm. And to give people choices, right? Yes. Because I feel when we have choices, we are just happier. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, happy is nice, but it's also self-centered. I'm looking to support people who want to be giving back. Yeah. Well, if you're happy, you are more likely to give back than when you're totally caught up in your problems and challenges and don't know what to do the next day. No, right? you're right. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. There's this beautiful saying, I, I don't know who said it, hurt people hurt people. Oh, yes. I find that so true when you look at people just, you know, snapping at each other they have some kind of hurt. And I added to that, well, and happy people make people happy. That makes a lot of sense. You, yeah. you need to uh, write that down and claim it. <laughs> well, there's a hashtag already. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, I, I just like this philosophy. So what, what you're doing with your work is you, you help people to go to that space so they can care about others because they can take the focus of pure survival and, you know, start giving back. So I, I really, really love that. But let me ask you, because you said you had a business failure, you had a couple of divorces, but now when we talk, you seem so confident. Has this always been the case or was this a journey? Uh, no, it, it was absolutely a journey. And it, uh, it involved seminars and workshops and therapy and uh, masterminds and you know, all of the things that involve getting support from other people. Um, one of the things that I noticed as an example when it comes to changing attitudes or, or solving problems, there are oftentimes people will sit and dwell on the problem. They spin it around in the head and, you know, they replay the tapes over and over again. And what I found is that in a situation where you're talking to someone else, and it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, but you're talking about what it is that's concerning you and it's actually falling out of your mouth, all of a sudden, uh, the reality of it hits you. The solutions show up because you actually dropped it out of your mouth and you got to hear it bouncing off of someone else. Yeah. And even if the other person doesn't contribute, all of a sudden, you've got a new insight. 
Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. That's why we all have coaches and mentors, right? <laughs> because yes, that's, that's exactly. what happens. And I, I love that, that you also say, well, you know, it, it is a team sport, becoming wealthy is a team sport. Because often what I see, so many entrepreneurs, they're trying so hard and they give everything, but they still don't really get to the place where they want to be, especially when it comes to selling. So what, what have you found on your path to this massive success that helped you to, to become a better salesperson? I think the key to me was not just selling something, but selling something that you really believed in and was important to you. Um, you know, there are people who sell photocopy machines and there are people who sell uh, hair cutting supplies or whatever. And, you know, they, they earn a dirt decent living at it. It doesn't mean they're passionate about it. It doesn't mean it touches their heart. Um, it's sort of like, okay, you sell a photocopy machine and, okay, what is that doing for the business? Uh, what is it doing for another individual? I mean, you know, what's it really doing? And there are, th- I mean, hey, Photocopy machines make businesses more efficient and they can be more profitable on and on and on. But if it's not really important to the salesperson, that's going to be conveyed. The person that you're talking to can see if you are really committed to what you're doing or not. And if your heart is in it or not. And it just, people who are in tune with what's going on around them can tell whether or not someone else has their heart into it or not. And, you know, I'm sure, Christine, that you've experienced this where someone's talking to you and you can feel they don't really care. They're using the right words, but they don't really care. Yes. Yeah, totally. That's, that's why I created Heart Sells Podcast and do everything around heart selling so that people can learn how to sell with ease and grace and from that authentic space where they can really care. I mean, as you said, people will feel that. And, you know, if I don't feel good in a sales conversation with someone who wants to sell something to me and it's not a product or service that I need, I'm not going to work with them. No. Because I know they're not going to take great care of me. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to make one sale and they're moving on. One of the things that uh, people that I work with have told me is that they are surprised by the level of support that they get. And the point is, that's what I'm there for. I am there to support them to accomplish what's important to them. And it's not a job for me. I don't have to do this. It's really, I want to reach out. I want other people to know they are being taken care of, they feel taken care of, and they're going to prosper. And the results that my clients get is a demonstration that, yes, that works. Yeah, totally. So now you are in that space where you don't need to work anymore. It's not a requirement. It's something you want to do. But many yeah. of our listeners probably feel like, you know, they can't work long enough or fast enough to, to get to a space where it feels more comfortable. Um, what can you suggest they do to maybe because you said attitude at the beginning to change yes. the attitude or to change the mindset and really tap into this wealth mindset. 
uh, one of the basic, most foundational, most important areas is to use a concept that's 5,000 years old. Uh, when you and I are dust, this concept will still be working. Uh, it was written about in a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. And there's two sides to this. It's called pay yourself first. And what it means is you must treat yourself like you deserve to own some of the money you're earning. And the way that's done is you pay yourself first. Instead of money going to the rent or the grocer or the utilities or car payments or transportation or whatever, a certain amount of money is set aside for you to keep for the rest of your life that you will be able to invest later and it will generate an income so the money is working instead of you working. So the first thing is to pay yourself first. And the second thing about that is that wealthy people ask questions when they hear familiar information. And here's what I'm getting at. I run across people over and over and over again who say, oh, pay yourself first. I've heard of that. That's not new to me. I know that, or maybe even I've done that. I have done that. Okay. Well, here's the so difference. I'm hearing that. I have done it means I'm not doing it anymore. That's right. <laughs> and what I'm getting at, there's a wealthy person, when they hear familiar information, they don't make statements like, I've done that. They ask questions like, when will I return to doing that? Or where should I be putting the money? Or how can I best invest it? Or who can support me with it? They ask questions like what, when, where, how, or who. By the way, they don't ask why. Why is not a question that produces answers that move people forward, but the other questions do. So that's the difference in the attitude. Wealthy people ask questions when they hear familiar information, so they want to know how can they implement it, and they are paying themselves first. They're not paying down debt first. They're not paying other people first. They're paying themselves first. So those two attitudes are intertwined, and that is what supported me to create the level of wealth that I have today. I love the book, um, The Richest Man in Babylon. I'm going to put it in the show notes as well because I think it's really, really valuable for people to read that. Just coming back to the concept, pay yourself first, because that's totally something people struggle with, I would say. And I know that I'm struggling with it. When you have people that have a business that's more like a roller coaster, it seems so difficult to just take a certain amount of money. And I think it's in the book, it's 10% and mm -hmm. put it away because then it's still there and you have access. Yes. And it, it's, it's like training muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're working with your own body, and I'll use this analogy, you have the opportunity to diet to lose weight, and you have the opportunity to lift weights so that you can build muscle. And I look at uh, paying down debt, and we'll get to the roller coaster part of it soon. Paying down debt is like dieting. Uh, if you want to build muscles, dieting is not going to do it. You actually have to lift weights. And most people start with, you know, what they can lift at the time, and then they build up. Mm 
So the book talks about 10%. Well, maybe someone has to start at one, two, three, five percent instead and work their way up to 10%. That that's number one. Number two is let I, I I'll give you the example of an attorney. Um, I'd gotten together with him and I was suggesting this is one of the things he needed to do. Um, and he would say, I can't pay myself first. You know, the income from the practice uh, goes up and down and I might have $6,000 of bills to pay, but only $5,500 came in. I say, okay, fine. So let me ask you this. If from that $5,500 that came in, you set aside $500 and now you're $1,000 short in paying your bills, what difference does it really make? You're short either way, but now you've actually set aside money that's yours. And you've, you've shown that some of this, and I'm saying you deserve to own some of this money you're earning. So we were talking about the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, and a concept that's 5,000 years old. And it's, it's like treating yourself like you deserve to own some of the money you're earning, like I said, and I'm comparing it to dieting versus building muscles. I mean, when a business owner is on a roller coaster with their income, they still need to treat themselves like they deserve to own some of this money that, that's coming in. And they don't have to start with 10%, like it says in the book. They just have to get started, whether it's one, two, three, 5%. It's that act of building muscles. And you can't build muscles if you're dieting, which is paying other people. You can only build muscles by lifting weights, which is treating yourself like some of that money is yours to keep. You save it, ultimately invest it. And maybe, maybe when things are tough, you might have to reach into that pot of money that you started saving to pay something that's really vital. But if you hadn't saved it, you wouldn't have it to even dip into. That's so, a very good point. Yeah. So yeah, let, let me give you an example of an attorney that I worked with. Um, he was saying that the bills generally are, let's say, $6,000 a month for his practice, and he might only have $5,500 of revenue that comes in. Well, let me use another example. The example I used with him was he had $5,800. says, I'm already $200 short in paying all my bills. What do, how, how am I going to pay myself first? He said, so then just take two or $300, set that aside. Okay, so now you're $500 short in paying your bills. Before you were $200 short in paying your bills. What difference does it make? You're still short, but now you actually have some money that's yours to show you've got something to keep from all this work that you're doing. Before you had nothing to even show for it. And he actually started doing that. And the funniest part about it is, this is what I love. When he started treating himself like some of this money was his to keep, his revenue started increasing. He was no longer just a conduit for the money coming in and going out like a lot of small business owners. He was now benefiting from that money that was flowing through because he was siphoning off some of it to keep for himself. That helped his income grow in the business. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love these concepts. So when people actually become better in sales, 
when they don't forget to make offers or invitations, when they <laughs> dare to ask for what they want to ask for and not just, you know, for half of it or a quarter of it, when they really go for, for what they desire. And obviously that needs to be backed up by the values they deliver. Then they, well, they need to start putting something aside so they can build wealth. Yes. And I'm going to add something to that. And I know you're aware of this. It's not just asking for what they want, but actually letting the person know that they're speaking to why this is important to that person, how they are really there to support the person that they're talking to. Because I remember a meeting I had many years ago uh, that I was talking to someone about changing careers and joining me in the work I was doing. And I don't remember what kind of work. I think she was, oh, she was working in a restaurant. Um, you know, she was earning an okay living, but it certainly didn't light her up. And I was talking to her about changing careers, joining me and selling artwork. And I was really pushing hard because I truly believed this was going to be in her best interest to change careers. And this is... I don't know, 30, 35 years ago. And to this day, she still thanks me for getting her into the art business because she loves it. Mm. And to this day, she, and she, you know, from that day forward, she stayed in the art business in one form or another, either representing artists, representing printers, uh, representing people who framed art. I mean, in some way, it was always tied to providing art to people and enhancing their lives in that way. And she's, you know, 35 years later, she's thanking me for pushing her into that. And I did. I pushed her into it because I saw for her that was what was really needed. Yeah. You said something very important, and that is the reason why so many people actually choose the path to being an entrepreneur. You said something that lights you up. Yes, so now our listeners, most of them have something that lights them up, that they love to do. But when it comes to the selling piece, they really have a tough time. Have you always been a good or great salesperson? Was that always easy? Like, can, you, no, can you take I'm us like a little bit on behind the scenes so that, that people can understand that it, it might be a learnable skill and oh. get some insights. Uh, yes, it's absolutely learnable. Uh, I recall that when I started, I wasn't poor at it. I was terrible. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I would educate people to death. I literally had someone fall asleep while I was talking to him. I was that bad. And I realized this isn't working, what do I need to do? And I started talking to people who I respected who were good salespeople, and I actually would bring them with me to help so that they could see what I was doing wrong and what I was doing right. And he said, well, one of the things I see that you're doing right is you really care. One of the things I see you're doing wrong is you're educating, to the, educating the person to the point where they can't take it anymore. And one of the things that was pointed out to me in one of the interviews was, 
this person actually indicated they were ready to buy. You didn't see it and you kept on talking till they no longer wanted to buy. You talked them out of the, of the deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, he, he woke me up to how important it is to pay attention to what's going on with the person you're talking to. It's not all about me educating the person. If the person's got enough education, they're ready to make a decision, then let them. Allow them. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, no, uh, when I started, I was terrible. So I took counselor selling courses. I took all sorts of training courses to become better at it, to pick up on the signals. I went to seminars and workshops. I, I, I watched videos. I listened to people who were good at what they were doing. Stories were an integral part of, of what I started doing. Um, at what I was the industry I was in was selling life insurance. And a lot of people don't like life insurance. Um, they said, you know, what do I care about benefiting when I die? And so there were a whole lot of things I needed to learn. And one of the things was stories. I remember after I'd learned how to sell better and a partner I had didn't, he had a client who wanted to know the internal rate of return of an insurance policy. And he had written about a page and a half or two pages that he was going to send to them to explain why they should buy this insurance. And I said, do not dare send that. And I got together with these business owners. They had a large manufacturing company and I gave them a story. I talked about using insurance as a way of paying taxes that are due and painting a picture for them. I took one of the crash helmets from, they manufactured bicycles and I put it on the ground. I said, visualize this as a rat hole. The money you throw down here is to the internal revenue service. And once it goes down there, you are not going to stick your hands down it and get it back. This is an ugly, disgusting rat hole. The money that goes down here, you will never see again what would you prefer to throw down this rat hole? An apartment building you bought from your business profits or an insurance policy that you don't care about? So, well, the insurance policy, of course. He wrote out a check for $35,000, which was the premium for the policy. That was it. Had nothing to do with internal rates of return. It had to do with what it is they wanted to use to pay taxes. Real estate that they owned, or this insurance policy. And so I learned to be a better salesperson. And my partner was so impressed that I told them a story to make the sale, but I don't really think he got it. He still had the attitude of, when someone wants to know what time it is, I will explain how the watch works. Yeah, so I, I, I can understand that that point of view. And I think so many people get caught up in talking about details, which the other person doesn't really need. They want to know like, where, where will I be when we are done working with each other? What's this going to do for me? What's the destination? And they don't yes. care how they get there, uh, you know, like about the details. 
Right. Awesome. They don't care how the plane was manufactured or, you know, how far yeah. apart the seats are. They just want to know. Well, some do care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some do care. Yeah. But the bulk of the people, they just want to get to Hawaii or Europe or Africa or where they, they got the desk. They want the destination. Yeah. Any totally. plane will get them there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here today, for sharing your wisdom. And I can't wait to get you on to the next interview to dive even deeper of how selling better can create tremendous wealth if you have a system to pay yourself first. One piece of it, right? Yes. So people can actually find you in almost all the links on the show notes page, but also if they want to go to wealthsonanyincome.com slash free dash gifts, you have an amazing gift for them. Yes. And actually, tell us real quick what's, what this uh, includes. I've got $1,000 worth of business building tools, how to get more of their best clients, a three-page summary of my award-winning best-selling book. And all they really have to do is just go to wealthonanyincome.com and they will see the link on the homepage. It says free gifts. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much. And I'm looking forward to talk to you next time. Thank you, Christine. I hope you loved this episode as I did and that you are inspired and motivated. Hop on over to christineschlansky.com, find the podcast tab and get all the show notes to Renny Gabriel as well as his amazing gift and a link to his wonderful TEDx talk. Hop on over to christineschlansky.com and while you're over there, sign up for the empowerment notes. These are notes right into your inbox about empowerment, all the things I'm not really sharing on social media and all the updates to Hard Sales Podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you are listening to the next episode with a wonderful Renny Gabriel and it's all about paying yourself first. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world and I'm saying bye for now.